0: Welcome to r slash pro revenge where a scammer gets screwed. Our next reddit post is from big capper. Okay, so just a little bit of info before I get into the story. I'm a 22 year old guy who works construction. I run a few crews and I'm a foreman because I've been working in this field since I started working summers when I was 14, which is legal in my state. So that being said, I have a lot of experience and I get paid really well. For my job, I need a truck that can pull a lot of trailers and also get into a lot of hard-to-reach job sites, especially in the winter, so I drive a new lifted pickup, an F-350. About four months ago, I got off work one day, and I just really didn't feel like making dinner, so I decided to get myself the trusty Big Mac at McDonald's. Well, after I got my order, I was going to pull out into the parking lot to drive home, and I was looking hard over my left to see how busy the road was. Well, I wasn't paying great attention to what was happening in front of me and as I was creeping forward, someone who was in front of me was stopped and not paying attention either. I ended up barely hitting his mirror and scraping his door with my front end. I immediately reversed and hopped out. I made sure the guy was okay and apologized, knowing that it was my fault and I asked him if he wanted to call the cops. Let's call the guy Brent. Brent says, Nah, bro, we're all good. If you just give me your insurance info, I think we can get this taken care of. I was fine with that, as there was no damage done to my truck, and it's not required to call the cops for an accident if it occurs in a private parking lot. This is relevant later. We exchange info, and he seems pretty cool, so I tell him to go get the damage bid, and I'll just pay in cash so my insurance rates don't go up, as long as he's okay with that. He says that's fine and we both just leave, and I feel like a moron. But all in all, Brent seems like a cool dude, and I just hope that we can get this sorted out smoothly. About a month goes by, and I haven't heard anything from Brent or the shop that I told him to go to. Honestly, I wasn't too stressed about this, because if he decided not to get it done, then that's on him. Well, he calls me up one day at about noon saying that he can't remember my name, and he wanted to tell the guys at the shop who sent him there because it seemed like we knew each other. I told him my name. He then sends me the bid for the damages, and it comes out to $2,403. This was way more than I imagined, but I said to just get the work done and that I would take care of the bill afterwards, and that was that. He said that was cool, he hung up, and I went on with my day as usual. Another month goes by, and I don't hear anything until Brent calls me up at work one day. He says, Hey brother, I talked to the shop, and they said they can't get me in for another two weeks or so, and they may end up charging me more if they find more damage. I say, Okay, sounds good. Just let me know, man. I hope it goes smooth for you, and I'm sorry for the inconvenience. He seemed to take it well, and I'm just really trying to be a good person. He responds with, well, after talking to my wife, I'm okay if you just want to write me a check for $2,500 and we'll call it even. This seemed odd to me, because why the hell wouldn't someone want their vehicle repairs all paid for? I say, okay man, let's set a time and place to meet and I'll get you paid. He liked the idea, and he ended the call by telling me that he would let me know. Yet another month passes by and I hear nothing again. At this point, I'm getting fed up and I just want the situation to stop hanging over my head. He hits me up at 11pm one night and asks me to meet him in town. I found this kind of disrespectful because I was nearly asleep and had to be at work at 5am the next day. Either way, I said that was fine, and I took $2,500 in cash and wrote up a quick contract saying this payment would be accepted as payment in full for the damages. And by accepting it, it would release me from any and all liability. This was a pretty fair contract, and I believe that it was just a deal that we'd already made over the phone, just in writing. I get to the place that we suggested as a meet-up spot. I give him the cash, and he signs the contract without even reading it, and he didn't want a copy. This was a red flag to me, but I just assumed that he really didn't care about it all that much, so I just sent him a photo of the contract and go back home for some beauty sleep. As you can guess by now, another effing month goes by with me not thinking about this stupid car accident. Well, I go to check my mail, and I have a notice from this guy's lawyer that he's suing me for not paying after wrecking his car. This pisses me off, but I also knew that I had plenty of text messages and a contract on my side. I immediately call Brent, and he blocks my number. Luckily enough, my girlfriend works for a lawyer, so I update him on what's going on, and he says he would love to help me. He lets me know that I saved my butt by writing that contract, because any contract worth over $500 has to be held up at any level court in my state. I immediately get to work on my revenge. I remember that on the side of this guy's car, he has a business logo, and I took pictures of the damage. So, I hop online and get to the Better Business Bureau to look up who owns this company, thinking that surely he couldn't own the business because he's such an idiot. I was wrong. This guy owns the company, and he also has about 12 one-star reviews, all of which are in dispute. According to all those one-star reviews, he would tell people that something would cost one thing and then charge them four times more than what he said it would. Sound familiar? Remember when he said the shop was charging him $2,400 for the repairs? Well, now he was suing me for $10,000. That was four times what the shop told him that it would cost. Unbelievable. He was trying the same sneaky stuff on me. My lawyer takes note of this, and we show up to court ready for war. This guy is sleazy. As we get there and get set up, he says, You ready to give me more of daddy's money? With a smirk. I guess he just thought that because I'm young and drive a nice truck, I could afford the $2,500, lol. His lawyer gets up and starts saying all this BS about me doing a hit and run, and Brent barely getting a picture of my license plates. Then he says that I tried bullying him into taking a deal for only $2,500 when the damage was clearly more than that. There were obvious holes in his story, and he really didn't have much to say. Just imagine the smile on my face when my lawyer lays out the printouts of our text messages and the physical copy of the contract signed by Brent. Brent's lawyer went ghostly white and looked sick. After laying out all the evidence, my lawyer pulled out a little hidden gem, the printouts of all the complaints we found on the Better Business Bureau, and how he was doing the exact same thing to me. That was the final nail in the coffin, and the judge said that he had seen enough. He asked Brent for any final statements, and Brent said, I don't even have the $2,500 anymore. Can I just get that, and then we'll be okay? He literally admitted to the judge that he had received my money and that his story was complete BS. I thought that his lawyer was going to strangle him. It was beautiful. The judge ended up ruling in my favor and demanded him to pay my legal fees as well as damages and lost wages because I had to miss work to be in court. The absolute sweetest part was that for this particular day, my crew was on a very high-wage job, and I was technically the one getting paid before I paid them out as subcontractors, which means that I was being paid 475 bucks an hour, and this whole ordeal took about 5 hours. So, Brent ended up having to pay me almost $5,000. I don't think that I've ever been so happy in my life. <laughs> OP, this guy effectively paid you $2,500 to wreck his car and then just drive away. Okay, so this reminds me. This is quite possibly the single dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I really actually think it's the most idiot. like, Dabney, what the f*** were you thinking? The, like, series of events that I had to do to be this fucking stupid. I look back and think, holy sh are you a moron, Dabney? Are you this stupid? Okay, so picture this. Okay, okay. For a while, I lived in Connecticut, and my wife's parents came to visit, and they had never been to Connecticut. So, one of the things we decided to do while they were there, just for like a couple of days, was drive to the beach so they could see the beach in Connecticut. So, it was raining this day, and as you would expect, there was pretty much no one at the beach. So we drive to this beach and there's this massive, massive parking lot. I think this parking lot could have probably held like 200, 300, 400 cars, like lots and lots of cars. So it's just completely desolate, utterly empty, except for one other car. And for some reason, when there's hundreds and hundreds of spaces available, I, being a dumbass, decide, hey, it'd be kind of funny to park right next to that car, right? So I do it. I park right next to that one car when there are literally hundreds of other spaces available. We get out, get our umbrella, go to the beach. They see the beach. We walk back to the car. Okay. (laughs) As we're walking back to the car, I see one other person on the beach walking across the beach also to the two cars. And, I mean, it's desolate. There's no one on the beach except for me and my family, this other guy and the two cars. So I know, obviously, that this other guy is the guy who parked, who's parked right next to me. I had this really cringe moment where I'm like, man, I wasn't planning on being here for long. Uh, this guy's probably thinking, wow, that guy is such a douchebag. Why'd he park right next to me? What's the point when there's so many other spaces? And as, as we're walking closer to the car, I realize that we're synced up in such a way that we will both get to our car at the exact same time. Which, you know, because it has to be as awkward as possible because I made it awkward, so the universe has to punish me by making it extra awkward to ensure that we cross paths at the worst possible time. So as we're walking to the car, I think to myself, wouldn't it be ironic if I opened my door and like dinged the side of this guy's car by accident? That'd be really cringy, wouldn't it? And so as I'm walking, suddenly that thought is in my brain and I can't stop thinking that thought. And I go up to the car and I, <laughs> I unlock the car and the other guy is unlocking his car and I open the door. And despite the fact that I am intentionally trying not to, somehow my brain's just like, duh, don't hit the car. Do you mean hit the car? And I open the door and I ding the side of this guy's car with the car door. And the guy says, watch it. Which, fair, yeah, I should watch it. But it's like, how? How? Brain, what is wrong with you? Why? Why did you decide to park next to the car? There's a million other cars. Why did you ding this guy's car? Like, I've opened car doors millions of times without hitting the car door next to me. So why did it have to be this time with the guy right here when I could have parked anywhere else in front of my wife and my in-laws? Like, why? Why? The answer is obviously because I'm an idiot. Because I'm a complete idiot idiotic, cringy moron who deserves to be ridiculed for this. What's so frustrating to me about this story is that all three things had to happen for it to be a cringy moment. One, I had to decide to park next to this guy, which I did. Two, we had to perfectly synchronize so that we were both at the car at the exact same time. Otherwise, he would have just left before I got there, or I would have dinged the car and then just driven away and he would have never known. But no, We synced up perfectly. And three, despite trying not to open the car door and ding the car, I would have had to still do it anyways by accident. And yet, in some sort of cosmic twist, all three things happened in perfect sequence. Okay, so, random guy out there who lived in Connecticut like eight years ago, if some stupid effing moron hit your car with his car door in the middle of a completely empty parking lot, by the beach while it was raining, then that's me, and I want you to know that I'm an idiot, and I'm very, very sorry, and I don't know why I did that. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. I don't know about you, but I do literally 100% of my shopping online. Because of COVID, I pretty much have to shop online, because, yeah, I don't want to catch COVID and die. But on top of that, I read stories for a living, so I can't afford to sound like this for three weeks straight. Don't you hate it when you get to checkout and you don't have a code to put in that little promo code box? With Honey, you never have to leave that box empty. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies them to your cart. For example, I buy a lot of audio equipment and I just saved 15 bucks on a microphone with Honey at checkout. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something that I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/r/slash. That's joinhoney.com/r/slash. Our next Reddit post is from Chuck It Bucket. UPS smashed a nearly new MacBook that I sent through them. I asked them nicely to pay me back for it and they screwed around, blaming me, blaming my packaging, saying that it was impossible they damaged it, etc. I was able to prove that my packaging was flawless and get a statement from the Apple shop that I took it to to say that it was damaged because it was dropped or thrown around. I could also prove that it worked when I sent it. UPS wasn't interested and they screwed around for weeks, sending me from pillar to post, even threatening to make me pay interest on custom charges, which I was not liable for because the laptop was smashed on arrival and thus worthless at import. I took them to small claims. They hired a lawyer who sent me letters saying they contested it, and they would go for full fees if I lost. I went for it anyway. I did law stuff at university, so I knew the basics, and I thought my case was pretty clear-cut. I won. I won my costbacks, plus extra, plus interest. The UPS ignored the court order and didn't pay. Now, this laptop was originally being sent to my beloved mother-in-law. She asked me to help her with the problem because UPS was also seriously harassing her for the customs fees. However, very unexpectedly, before I could resolve it, she passed away. This was the last thing that she ever asked me to do for her. I love that woman more than pretty much any human on this planet. She was my mother, my best friend, and my mentor taking down UPS was now my own personal vendetta. I researched my options and I could have taken the usual legal routes to reclaim my money, but no, F them. I don't care about the money anymore. I want revenge. I want drama. I want karmic justice. I went to the high court and I got a writ of control. I, of course, added on more fees and more interest. I then hired the most aggressive bailiff firm in London. I trusted that the awful processes and attitude of UPS meant that they would ignore the letters and they'd actually get a visit. And they did. The bailiffs rock up at UPS headquarters and explain the situation. The UPS refuses to pay, so the bailiffs start listing goods. Security tries to make them leave, and the office manager tries to bully them out. Obviously, the bailiffs aren't intimidated by this, and they just start doing their job. I wasn't allowed to see the body cam footage, but they did send me a detailed report. Here's an excerpt from the final copy. Calls were then made to the accounts manager, who arrived in a hurry. Since they continued to refuse payment, the agent again explained the removal process and the costs involved, and they called the office for approval to begin removals. The agent then began to seize assets. The finance director then arrived on the scene. He was not at all happy about the attendance, but he ultimately agreed to pay a voluntary payment in full from his personal account in order to stop the removal. I know that it's a drop in the ocean to UPS, but I got more than double what I originally asked for to replace the laptop. They would have had to pay even more on top in fees to the bailiff. I think that it cost them at least three times more than the original claim in the end. But mostly, I just enjoy the mental image of the flustered finance director and his impotent rage, having to pay his own money to stop all those movers from taking desktop computers, fancy pot plants, and things out of their swanky head office lobby. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.